0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 338 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our discussion of the youtube science fiction series impulse and we're doing another sunday morning recording session Uh, dude i don't know about you but there's a huge difference between recording at 11 a.m and 10 a.m and we've done both
1: yeah um i'm usually about 10 minutes late for both so i don't know if (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Really no laughs> well, difference. I think maybe
0: at 11, the caffeines had more time to kick in. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't know how much coffee you drink. I right, uh, I know, you know, from working with me, I drink a boatload of tea during the course of a day. You you don't drink a lot of coffee? I don't drink coffee at all. I it, well, Oh, you don't? I, no, yeah, I'm, I, I'm a tea guy, too. Oh, okay. All right. Why don't I know that? But uh, I, know. I doubt you drink as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. I just
1: have like a cup in the morning, like on my ride in. That's about it. Oh, wow. Sometimes and days when... That's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> days I'm a, a, little, uh, a little sleepy or something, maybe I'll, i you know, midday I'll go uh, make a quick cup of tea, but uh,
0: Yeah um well listen before we go too much further i want to mention to you guys if you want to contact us because i seem to always leave this to the end of the podcast and i don't know you know a lot of people don't necessarily make it to the end or once the discussion's over they tune out because certainly that's what i do (laughs) i listen to a lot of podcasts right right but uh you know if you want to hit us with some episode feedback questions whatever the email is sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com You can also go to the website and leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab or record your own audio clip the way Fred does each week and send us the MP3 as an attachment. And we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and get into the discussions there. Tip of the week, what we're watching. For me, it's a little different this week because, uh, you know, I am working my way through The Magician Season 4 and are you all up to date on The Magicians? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you know, uh, and don't say who, but again, how can you? If you go on the internet, stuff comes across yeah, yeah, yeah. your purview. It, so it, I know. It would be
1: tough to, if, if you, if you, at this point, it would be re- really difficult to not have that spoiled. Right. So I know there's a. But we're not going to do it here.
0: <laughs> right. A death of a major character. I'm pretty sure I know who it is, but uh, I'll leave it at that. And okay, oh, so well, you don't know for sure right and at least oh, i'll okay. find out how it happens regardless but right. uh after you mentioned watching the three john wick movies last week i realized hey it's been a while since i've seen any Kristen stewart so i pulled out my twilight box set dvds popped them in the machine do you know how so- many
1: words are just wrong in that sentence <laughs>
0: all right uh well if you guys don't know i I really do like kristen Stewart um and i he does watched, it's really unnaturally so yes. like. um but I have only watched the first Twilight movie parts of the others I've never seen the entire, but you gotta like the baseball scene when they go to the field and play baseball well
1: yeah corner. well and they the the song is um and I know I shouldn't know this but it's a, a muse um. Uh, supermassive black hole is playing while they're playing baseball. So I think the scene was okay. It was actually, that was a kind of a cool scene when I read in the book. It was tough to translate it into film, but they were playing
0: Muse, so it all worked out. Yeah, and truth be told, I do not own any Twilight DVD box set, but oh, okay. this is true. Let me go in there. Um, again, you know, internet buzz and just stuff that i run across on tv i'm like all right who is billy eilish so Whoa. you probably know because you have young kids yeah so you know i go online i i, I google her and dude i've spent like hours watching interviews I, I i really haven't listened to any songs all the way through and it's not really my Genre for you, you music. Might like her. her music is pretty good. Well, it admit. is pretty catchy. And, and it, again, truth be told, I ran upstairs after listening do, do, to one of her songs. it's like, okay, it's a simple baseline, but it's very catchy. Yeah. And like, her brother and, right. writes all the music for. Her. Well, yeah. So I start watching videos of interviews, and and of course, you know, like on YouTube, you see the little thumbnail, and and the one thumbnail, I'm like. Ah, Dude's got GarageBand open on his iMac. Well, it wasn't GarageBand; it's Apple's higher-end recording software. I can never remember what it's called, but yeah. So the two of them, and she's like eighteen now, and and I guess what I really find interesting is this phenomenon that she has become a voice for a certain aspect of the generation, and I think that's cool. And and again, you watch these interviews; she's a typical teenager, and. Yeah. But one of my favorite interviews, apparently, she's a huge office fan. So there's one where Rain Wilson comes to her house, Rain Wilson, aka Dwight Schrute, mm-hmm. and he gives her a trivia quiz for the office. And it's <laughs> it cool. just, it is really cool. It's funny. And man, she nails a ton of this obscure stuff. And look, did they feed her the questions ahead of time? I don't know. Maybe they did. Who knows? Right. But, uh, well, it would have I been think, a
1: really sucky interview. if She was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So well, right. I, I and, would and, hazard a guess that they
0: did give her the questions before. And, and, and you got to love that he calls her William eyelash. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> uh, I missed the
1: office. And, bring it back. Come on, bring it back.
0: <laughs> and she drops uh, an F bomb pretty frequently. Language, young lady. <laughs> so uh, anyway, now I know who Billie Eilish is. And, uh, I, you know, I get the phenomenon. There were some, you know, really interesting interviews. So uh, what do you got this week? Well,
1: I just there's an actually funny story in our family with Billie Eilish. Because, um, so, you know, I, about eight months, nine months ago, I got a new car. And it had XM radio in it. So I found the station Alt Nation I really liked, and they played Billie Eilish. I'd never heard of her before, but they play her on this. And so her song came on one time when my daughters were in the car. I'm like, oh, Billie Eilish. And they looked at me like, how do you know Billie Eilish? So I said, oh, we went to high school together. So like that's like the big joke now whenever they hear Billie Eilish I say, oh, here's the girl you went to high school with, Dad, and everything. So you know. right. I didn't realize she was only 15 at the time. But
0: yeah. Like, uh, yeah.
1: So I have a... Two things I'm going to talk about here, but you know, both uh, quickly. Um, the first one, not genre-related. At all. So I, I, I'm, I'm still watching The Americans, so I'm really not watching any other television right now, except for Vikings, um, which w- I guess we'll talk about Vikings once this half-season is done. Um, but so I, I'm you know, w- kicking out some movies that I've always wanted to watch. And the other day I watched Blinded by the Light. Have you seen – well, of course, I have seen this one. Have you heard of, of this one? I have not. It is awesome. So it's about this uh, Pakistani teenager, well, British teenager of Pakistani origin, growing up in Northern England in a working class town. And he, uh, he's dealing with, all, obviously, there's a bunch of issues. He's like, just regular teenage issues and being a Pakistani and the racism he has to face there. Um, he runs into another kid in school who is also of Asian descent and... um this kid gives him uh, the river or I think he gives him born to run and born in the USA uh, by Bruce Springsteen and so this kid goes and listens to him, and all of a sudden he's like the biggest Springsteen fan ever so um, it you know it sounds like it's not like a kind of like a lame uh, concept for me, but it really is awesome uh, good coming of age with awesome awesome music by Bruce Springsteen and it kind of reminds you of like the first time that i heard bruce springsteen like probably when i was i was a little younger than him when born in the usa came out and that was such a huge album that was like my first introduction to springsteen and it was just blew me away you know um so that those scenes where he's just listening to his courses it takes place in the 80s so he's got like a you know a sony walkman that he's listening to instead of an ipod um, and putting in the cassette tapes and everything just really uh, uh spoke to me on a lot of levels but it's really great movie so
0: cool yeah i just googled it i i not heard of it I, it's a 2019 film yeah
1: yeah cool yeah highly recommend it's such a good film uh really the guy i think the guy who did bend it like beckham uh made it so it was great i did see
0: that yeah yeah, yeah. that was cool
1: Yeah. So. so the other good. movie i want to talk about then is uh really quickly uh, i just watched this last night is terminator dark fate I don't know. I, I don't really see like the, whether it's been you know how people felt about. It. I know it was um, in and out of the uh, the the cinemas uh, before I, I even realized. I, I realized it was coming out, but you know I don't even have a chance to think. Oh, I, maybe I go see Terminator or something. But, uh, you know, I I personally I liked it, you know. I thought I'm a big fan of Terminator movies as it is but I'm thinking that this might be the third best of the Terminator movies. Wow. Um,
0: and, and that's the new one with Linda yeah, Hamilton again. Yeah. and
1: Linda and Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it again too and everything. Um, there's actually a scene early on where, and of course now it's amazing what they can do with making actors look much younger, but The an early scene takes place in like 1994 or something like that. So you see Linda Hamilton as she looked, you know, almost 30 years ago, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it too, looking. And it's I'm I'm looking to see the flaws in it, and I'm not seeing them. Wow! It was it was pretty wild. (laughs) But most of the movies is not they they are their you know current incarnations and look as they do now. But yeah, you know, it, it, they kind of did a little bit of a, a reboot on the whole Terminator mythology and everything. But I think it, it worked. I think it was great. You know, a lot of the Terminator action kind of, you know, in, in much of the way that the, the Force Awakens kind of was very similar to the first Star Wars movie. That this one, uh, its tempo and plot, very similar to the first Terminator movie. But uh, you know, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Now, what's it available on? Where did you watch it? Netflix? Um, no, Amazon. I, I, I bought it from uh, Amazon, yeah.
0: Okay. All right, cool. So. All right, well, let's move over to Impulse uh, as we are approaching the end of season one with the penultimate episode, episode nine, They Know Not What They Do, written by showrunner Lauren LaFranc and Matt Pitts, who also wrote The Eagle and the Bee, and probably at the time, we mentioned he also wrote for Fringe and Revolution, directed by Cherian Dabbs. And this is an interesting episode. I, I love the title because so much of what transpires in this episode is on the basis of misapprehensions and, and just mistaken, not necessarily identities, but uh, everything kind of comes out in this episode and even though a lot doesn't happen what does happen really pushes the story forward right
1: and you know the title being as you know the words that jesus says as he is on the cross right so it suggests some kind of major sacrifice uh that's going to be made and that being and that coming from uh, uh, like you said like you know misconstruction or, or, or people taking drastic measures that have major consequences but not understanding the uh, the the full nature of the consequences
0: yeah and you know certainly we see a lot of that out of lucas we see some of it out of halche and you know at the end of the day it it's a pretty solid episode i mean it's not in the a minus category for sure and it's probably not necessarily even in the b plus category maybe i mean i'm certainly thinking solid b maybe there's something
1: that happens very early on that would might make me overgrade this a little bit
0: okay all right well let's go ahead and start talking about it because uh you know the main story centers around henry and jenna and, and these new truths that they face because what they thought they knew isn't necessarily turning out to be true and we get that great opening scene where we're watching these two guys and they're just kind of tramping through the woods and they're talking and they're talking about work and yeah, okay what's going to happen here yeah
1: okay, I, I just got this. I'm I'm too excited to, to 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 take. I can't take it anymore. It's Danny oh. Pudi. Danny Pudi is, is the, the the guy, not with the beard. You probably never saw Community. Well, yeah, I he,
0: I've seen the one episode you know, where they're oh uh, modern doing, warfare whatever exactly right
1: yeah yeah. So he Danny Pudi played Abed in Community, and he is freaking hilarious, and he was also hilarious here. So. Just his being in this episode alone might nudge my needle a little bit towards the high B, low A range for this episode.
0: Uh, And those guys are great throughout every scene that they're in because, again, like I said, we don't know why they're walking through the woods. They don't really seem to be playing a part until they come upon the unconscious Nikolai lying bleeding in the snow And then they're not surprised. Suddenly they kick into high gear. Clearly they know him and apparently are searching for him. And again, we get that scene then when they've got him in their vehicle and they're stapling his knife wound. And tough guy that he is, even he smarts from, I forget what he says, uh, to what they're doing. But he's awake. And now he needs to talk to the woman that's in charge who's not happy. And we still don't necessarily know who this woman is. But he asks her if Henry's father is in their files. And then she repeats that mantra that we've heard and talked about so many times. There's no genetic connection. And I think, again, our experience tells us if you repeat something, it sounds like Trump now. you, You repeat something often enough. All right, maybe it is important.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and, and there's there's some other things to un- unpack here. You know, one, first of all, we see these guys walk through the woods talking about their life in an office, really kind of humdrum stuff. But they are talking about kind of framing one of their coworkers uh by, you know, there's apparently there's a no alcohol policy at work and they want to like put bottles under his desk to be found there to, so that the guy can get his office. Which is a little dark, I guess. But if anything, we're thinking, oh, this is going to be two regular people walking through the woods and somehow they become the victims of like whatever, some monster, it, yeah, something. Exactly. Like, like it happens all the time. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, they work for this shadow organization that Nikolai works for. What well, is this shadow? They have an office, they have cubicles, they have holiday parties. So this big bad you know mean nasty dark corporation that we thought of has workers has office workers have you know like it's just you know like to that was to wrap your mind around that is just like what you know like so i guess even like you know big you know kind of nasty organizations that drive dark vans and men wear suits and sunglasses and take people off the sidewalk um i guess they need you know a bureaucracy too
0: well and then the best part is he even mentions that apparently they have official evaluations and could he put in a good word for them about how how well they did right. finding him and patching him up yeah. and he's like what the hell's wrong with you two <laughs> so, all right well we see henry who's still in her hospital gown and jenna and she have to face what just happened with Nikolai. And it, it takes him a few seconds. I mean, it seems longer, but it's really only a few seconds. But then Henry tells her she'd seen him with her dad when she was a kid and realizes what we already figured out, that her dad didn't leave. He was taken. And this recognition that somebody is after Henry as towns has said from day one doesn't know who it is but given the power she has there's got to be somebody out there that's looking for her and people like her and at some point the pragmatist in jenna how are we going to explain you're disappearing from the hospital and you know eventually yeah. they they do come up with something but uh, you know it's it's uh it's pretty thin it, it is pretty thin and then <laughs> because
1: she was in a coma one minute and then she's gone the next
0: and she's home like right uh and, wait what and I, and i guess at the end of the day uh, thomas who's frantic because he told cleo he'd watch her the hospital is, is probably just thinking lawsuit and i think at the end of the day everybody's happy that henry's safe We don't need to know how it happened. Just the fact that you're not going to sue us is probably enough. But we do get that one little scene where Henry listens to her mom's voicemail. And at first, when Cleo was doing it, I, I didn't exactly get it. But then, you know, as she says, I just wanted to hear your voice. And she knows that Henry will come on the phone when she calls that that you know you've reached well no she probably doesn't say the re you've reached the voicemail of henry (laughs) calls but you you get what i'm saying right right and then she does the same thing she listens to her mom's voice and the fact that the connection they have which has always been tenuous at best maybe is getting a little better yeah well she she listens to it
1: twice right so
0: yeah yeah and then Henry finds Jenna cleaning the knife that she used to stab Nikolai, but it's really clear. You can just see the blood is drained from Jenna's face. She's in a state of shock and uh, she's doing like, sometimes when my wife washes her hands in the kitchen sink, I'm I'm like, you know, you're not preparing for surgery. How (laughs) damn long does it take to wash your hands? And it's kind of like that with Jenna and the knife. And, again maybe she's seen too many csi shows that you know there's going to be a trace of blood left behind i've got to get it out but henry takes over and jenna suddenly asks her if it hurts keeping everything inside and it's like rhetorical on the one hand but again it's something that i think henry at some point has to address you know yeah well
1: you know well henry's just not great with like necessarily you know, dealing with things with with especially with you know trauma like and we get that you know probably for most of her life she's i mean she's had cleo but she's probably just basically had to deal with things on her own and is used to internalizing things and you know jenna is just the opposite jenna is always the person who you know, I need to talk this through. I need to talk it out. Let's let's work this out. Let's deal with this. Just two fundamentally different, you know, ways of going about life. And Jenna expresses it perfectly. How can you be so calm? I'm freaking out. You know, and and Henry's just like, dude. You know, like it's it, it, so. It's just two different ways of being brought up two different ways of, of seeing the world that. You know, Jenna kind of needs to hug it out, and and Henry just needs to go be by herself in her room.
0: Well, right, and you know, I mentioned that maybe Henry and her mom are going to get a little closer together, and and we've certainly seen that with Jenna and Henry. But the other thing that comes out of this scene is that something happens that's going to drive them apart. It appears at least temporarily, because rightly so, Jenna says, "Look, I'm tired of always having to lie for you." And, okay, we get the whole idea of lying about the teleportation, but when she tells Henry that I told your mom about Clay, and we saw that scene last time, and she doesn't necessarily tell her every little detail, but she certainly tells her enough, and and Henry's pissed. It wasn't yours to tell. And we get her side of the story as well, but is it fair that she expects jenna to just continually lie for her i mean you know when your mom starts asking me all this stuff and i know the traumatic impact it's had on your life i had to say something yeah well jenna brings up a good point it's you were about to tell her yourself then you
1: like had a seizure right so right i I don't think it's going to be a deal breaker with them because I, i mean if you think rationally i mean henry would look and say okay well you know it wasn't like jenna was trying to steal my thunder or anything like that she was just doing what she thought was best for everyone basically
0: right but then henry finds out that her mom went to confront bill boone and everything starts spinning because she realizes i got a kid killed and had her mom known the truth her mom wouldn't be in this situation. And and of course, the situation spirals so far out of control that that Henry would have no idea it would get to this point. You know, the, the two of them then go to rescue mom, I guess, if you will. Henry's plea to Jenna, just tell me what to do. You know, they don't really know. I mean, uh, they can go to ask Clay to tell him where Lucas might have taken her mom and and, uh you know they arrive at the boons and and then of course this is the you know one of one of the final scenes when they see that the house is on fire and we'll talk about that in a moment but it really sets up that moment of truth for henry because she goes in the house and she's calling for mom and mom's not there but she hears the coughing and sees clay lying on the floor so what do you do now Yeah, this is what we call a moral quandary. Yeah, and him pleading with her to please help me. And again, we don't need to keep talking about how much he remembers, whether he remembers the truth, whether he's in denial, whatever. But there's this moment of truth now because flames are everywhere. She starts to try to drag him. But, of course, the house is caving in. Well, the house
1: is going to get kids probably close to 200 pounds. You know, it's not like. Of
0: course. She's not like a a big girl, you know. No. And then she gets down on the floor, hugs Clay. And, of course, we know what she's going to do. Sure. And she does it. And we're left with that scene. All right. How are you going to explain this one? Yeah. To this point, you've been able to talk your way out of everything with Clay in the accident, not so much here. So th- that's certainly something we're looking forward to in the season finale. You know. Yeah. Well,
1: if you really in the in the bigger picture, if you think about that Henry Henry's quote unquote secret being out, like it's out. Like it's the 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 baddies know who she is and, and what she can do. So um, you know they're they're already on to her. So whether clay or bill or whoever knows that she can transport seems like pretty small potatoes at this point
0: well it does except that we see what bill is into and you wonder whether he would use that as leverage against her that yes we know nikolai and his organizations after her but there's no reason to organizations however small one of them might be in the big picture so yeah it'll be certainly fascinating i mean my guess is she's going to try to use the well you were unconscious jenna was with me we dragged you out and brought you back here and then you woke up he ain't gonna buy it no he
1: knows that that, that, that's not the case but you know there i I like what you mentioned there there is that moment they look at each other and I mean, he knows and she knows and he's like this is the person who i need to save me and she's thinking this is the this is the guy that i got to save are you kidding? you know both of them like feeling like this is like the most ridiculous situation for them to be in considering everything um she easily could have walked out that door or right. well not easily but she could have she could have just left him there right. to die and um so despite Everything. She she saves his
0: life. And I think that well, she, says a lot about her character. Well, it does, but do we take into consideration the fact that she's recognized the fact that she got Amos Miller killed, and if she leaves Clay to die in this fire... Right. Now I've basically killed two people. Yeah, good point, good point, and, yeah. and And she's this kid that's been thrust into this situation but the situation blows up because of the dea sting operation and we see lucas doing his best are you putting sting
1: co- in like air quotes
0: uh
1: well why, why would you say that it's just lame man <laughs> like like oh we can't go until louise says we can like what like what like before you just said you need drugs and money and they're both there and you know it they're talking about it and like you still don't go in oh let's wait till they start shooting then we'll go in you
0: know oh uh, yeah well that's a good point she was pretty cavalier and and watching Hulche stand by unable to do anything really i mean first thing they take her gun and i Kind of get that, but I wonder if it really is protocol or whether it was just a power play on that uh d e a agent's part but still, Lucas knows what might be going down and and he just can't get her out bill again i you know look, I know in the big picture he's not really even morally gray he's he's pretty morally black, so Uh, we, we do get that but when he says i was trying to protect henry you know i think he means it in his own twisted kind of way does he really realize the position he put her in by taking her out to the farm and having her point out amos miller even though he didn't really do anything i mean bill believes henry and and it's just like this twisted sense of Right and wrong. Right. You know, well, you
1: know. It, you know, it's all this, like you said, they know not what they do, right? That's the title. So, exactly. You know, he's working on information as he had at the time that, you know, the Mennonites, again, he had, it, if you think about it from his point of view, it, it makes sense. Something bad happened with the shipment. So the Mennonites then attacked my son because they think we stole the drugs and so i'm going to get this girl to show me who did it so they you know to like you know again like you said like in a twisted kind of way but also in kind of like a logic i mean we can see how bill came to the conclusions he did based on the world that he lives in and, and the world and the the people he he does business with
0: sure yeah And and I mean, when Jeremiah suddenly tells Bill that the drugs are free of charge, and Bill's like, what the hell's going on? And then he explains that this is it. This is our last deal. Our association has ended. This is a farewell gift. I only want honesty. And here we go. And it's admit that you and your boy killed my son. And then that scene where... He gets down on his knees, come on, Bill, pray with me, you know, say it with me. It's, uh, J- Jeremiah is such a difficult character to figure <laughs> yeah. out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a, you know, member of a very religious community that sells drugs for a living. Yeah, yeah. So and, and that yeah. contradiction in and of itself is pretty staggering.
0: Right. And we wonder what would have happened. How would this have played out had Bill listened to him when he says, I'll give you this one chance for atonement? Would it still have had the same end result if Bill said, You're right. I had my son kill your son. Can we go yeah. back to being business partners? <laughs> you know, right. I, well, I, they probably
1: I, can't go back to that. But, you know, like the. The sheriff dude wouldn't get killed. The uh, the Mennonite dude wouldn't get run over. I'm trying to think if there's any more body count than that. Well, right.
0: You know, Bill brings up the fact that well, Amos crippled Clay, and the light bulb goes off in Jeremiah Miller's head. What have you done? So all of this is because you piece things together incorrectly. Yeah and then of course the gunfight starts fittingly the sheriff gets a bullet right to the forehead right at the start does he deserve a bullet to the forehead yeah mm. maybe
1: <laughs> but i always fall uh, back on clint eastwood's words unforgiven *Unforgiven*: deserves got nothing to do with it
0: exactly and halche <laughs> runs into the garage i guess she didn't take time to get her gun back from the DEA agent because the first thing we see is she picks up one of the guns lying on the ground right and her main uh, reason for being in there is to get Cleo out safely which she does Mm. and uh, of course we get that scene there you know then uh, Cleo gets in the car but Lucas jumps in as well drives away hits the one guy and then runs over him because Anna sees Lucas and instead of getting Cleo out
1: of there, which should really since it's basically her fault that Cleo's there, um, she should really, you know, like get Anna or Cleo out of there. That that's the priority. And then she sees Lucas like, Oh, wait a second, Lucas, where do you think you're going? It's like really? See yeah, I haven't said really, really in a while, but I'm gonna say it now. Really, Anna? Really? Like in the middle of a gunfight, you're trying to save a person and you're gonna stop to try and and bust the the teenager who's trying to escape
0: well right and then she still doesn't grasp the enormity of the situation and and again on the one hand i guess we could say that well maybe that's to be expected but but no she just keeps going where she's really not meant to go she tells henry what happened and oh by the way you're mother's with lucas he took her but we finally got bill boone so that's good right uh well but they're gonna
1: let him go so yeah
0: well right we get that scene though where halche confronts bill who's still handcuffed to the chair and she's got a smirk on her face uh and then she realizes bill was wearing a wire he's gonna go free that jeremiah miller was the main focus of the DEA operation and she just cannot believe this and is beside herself uh, and then we get that great scene when the cops are leading them both out and Bill and Jeremiah cross paths well, what's he smiling about Bill yeah. asks <laughs> and then we cut to the scene and now yeah, we, know Mama what is, is exactly. we know Miller is exactly right we know what her crew was up to because they're the ones that set fire to the Boone home so uh you know we're still left with a little bit though related to lucas and the fact that he's got to face now what he's done and we've seen this change in him that that he is getting religion and i i am making air quotes on that one right but he does seem to really truthfully honestly be going down that path and will he ever be able to forgive himself obviously becomes the question and mama cleo's trying to talk him down and and those two have an interesting relationship even though they haven't spent a lot of time together i think she does look at him almost like a mother and because she realizes he's probably not getting a whole lot of good guidance from his dad
1: Right, and, and his mom is, you know, we saw his mom, too, and it's not like he's getting a lot of love and affection. So, you know, he's, you know, we've talked about Lucas as being this, you know, guy just drowning, and um, and Cleo is kind of the person he's trying to hold on to to keep from really going under. Uh, he even tells her, you know, you're a good mom, and, you know, so that's how he, he like she is fulfilling that, that emptiness in him, that, that, that his need for all Lucas is, as a kind of a, a, he, you know, I mean, he did kill a guy. So he does have some very negative attributes to him as a potentially dangerous person. He really
0: just seems like he's just kind of looking for a hug, you know? Well, yeah. And he says the devil always catches up and goes on to explain. It's something he heard his, I guess, is that guy his considered his stepfather? even though his uh, biological guess, yeah. father. But sure. anyway, we, we know who we're talking about. Um, and then he talks to her about the scene when he came home to tell his dad that he'd taken care of Amos and that his father had the same kind of pride that he has with Clay over an athletic accomplishment and realizing now how twisted that really is and that understanding of how twisted my whole family is and that none of this is Henry's fault. He makes people do things they don't want to do. Right. And, you know, tells her about the ranch and, and, you know, what Henry had to do and, and I'm just no good. I don't think I ever had a chance. And, you know, you're certainly right on the second part. You never had a chance. Do you have a chance to be good and turn your life around? Yeah, I I mean sure, everybody does. Sure.
1: But you know, with with Lucas, you know, will he get, I mean like in, in Cleo, I mean she recognizes that she probably is more obviously more concerned that he's going to kill himself, right? She wants she yes. says give me the bullets from the gun really i i I see the the two ways he can go and it's either one of redemption or one just completely immerse himself in and understanding i am bad i'm evil and i'm just gonna run with that you know um and
0: and the interesting thing is when he tells her to get out of the car she thinks he's gonna kill her right and i think it's really we kind of think that too Well, we do. And, and, you know, as you said, you you mentioned then things kind of turning around and her being worried for him and and asking for the bullets. But that you can't forgive me, can you, for what I did? And I think if we know anything about Cleo is that, yes, she can forgive because she understands her own faults. And while they certainly don't rise to the level of Lucas's. Yeah, she played a part in in raising a child that's got issues. And and it's amazing that she didn't turn out worse than she has. Tell Henry, I'm sorry. He walks away and then she drives away. And and, and thank God, despite everything, dude gave you the keys, told you to go. Get in the car and go. (laughs) Because so many times we see like these narrative Uh, devices where the character's like no i'm gonna stay and try to talk you and no get in the damn car and drive away so that's what she does (laughs) but uh anyway anything else you want to bring up just one thing and that is uh
1: bill's sideburns oh terrible i think uh um, it's it's funny but just well uh, there's actually two things I, I think kind of a little continuity i actually went back and looked at the previous episode yes he did have big sideburns but i think they were just growing in and and this probably like maybe a week later um they were really dark and much more noticeable before and i'm just like D- ah, what's with the sideburns man um second thing is how long does it take jenna and henry to get to the car dealership Is the car dealership in a different time zone because it's daylight when cleo goes there and it's night when henry and jenna get there
0: yeah good point Did they
1: stop at dairy queen first or something <laughs> like that you know? taco bell yeah. <laughs> yeah you know so i don't know they got they made a run for the border first you know so everything yeah that's about it
0: i think okay All right, well, why don't we check in with Fred this week, and we will be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Impulse, Season 1, Episode 9. Okay, a action-packed, tension-full, plot-twists-having episode. Really, really very nice. First off... I really was surprised last week to see in The Expanse Esther Miller, aka the actress is called Tara Rosling, and of course you can expect that in Canadian series or series that are filmed in Canada, so she plays here Esther Miller, Jeremiah Miller's wife, and Jeremiah Miller also played an important other role in The Expanse as Aaron Wright. Tara Rosling also played in A Handmaid's Tale, it's a series I never watched, but I see a lot about it, so it seems to be a famous uh, series. As soon as Henry went into the house, and we would expect that Clay in his wheelchair couldn't get out, I immediately thought, okay, she's going to save him. I really wonder how that goes further. So, what she learned in the meanwhile is that she can take somebody, but she knew that because she saw Nikolai take her father in her dream. Several things I didn't see coming, such as these weird guys walking through the woods and that they were a salvage team for Nikolai, quite funny but a little strange. And what I also didn't see coming is, of course, that Bill Boone was working actually for the police and got immunity uh, via that uh, way. Well, Cleo got her payment for her stubbornness. Everybody warned her not to go in, but she wanted to go in, period. Now, well, she got paid for that. Another plot twist I didn't expect, that was when Lucas and she were getting out of the car, that he really would let her go and he would stay there on the streets. Okay, that was all for now. Today is a special day because Star Trek Picard starts, but that's of course for you in the US. I have to wait till tomorrow for Amazon Prime in the Netherlands. It seems that Discovery is on Netflix, whereas Picard is on Amazon Prime over here. Well, little strange. Last thing is, I really wonder what you are going to do after the first season of Impulse, if you are going to do the second season as well. As far as I'm concerned, that's okay with me. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands.
0: All right, uh, I didn't realize... The expanse connection with the actress that plays Esther Miller. Uh, of course, I recognize Sean Doyle from right. uh, the expanse, and uh, that was pretty cool. But I guess I forgot or didn't realize that she was in it as well, the actress Tara Rosling. Yeah, I missed so, that completely. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool that he points that out. And, and again, I mentioned, I think, last week or the week before. That's one of those shows that's probably going to drive me to finally getting Amazon Prime because yeah. uh, I got to see the new season. But Fred points out some things that he didn't see coming. And, and uh, you know, those guys in the woods would be the salvage team, which, yeah, I don't think, you know, as we talked no, about. I that, yeah, I,
1: that's what I thought that scene was just so cleverly done. Um, you know, because, again, like you it, it totally sets up as a, the innocent bystanders killed by the monster of the week and everything, even though there aren't any really quote-unquote monsters of the week in and, and Impulse. But then, like, wait, that's Danny Pudi. Are they, they going to do Danny Pooty like they did Keegan-Michael Key, have him in there for a couple seconds, and then all of a sudden he's not in anymore at all? Like, nah, come on. So, Yeah.
0: Now, I don't know that any of us saw Bill Boone working undercover with the DEA, and I think the thing with that, though, is we're we're feeling really good that this guy is going to get what's coming to him for what he did to Henry and everything else he's likely done in the course of his business with the Mennonites. But nope, he's going to walk get, away apparently, he's getting off scot yeah so uh though his you know so
1: his house did get burned down so there there is a little bit of
0: consequence there. yeah now he doesn't know that yet but he'll find out yeah uh you know the the other thing fred brings up and, and i think he oh he brought up about the star trek picard podcast i think last time and uh like a lot of people excited for the premiere of star trek picard and i know you mentioned that you're not going to pay cbs all access to watch it and again not to rehash what we talked about last week Uh, hopefully people didn't take my attitude towards star trek picard the wrong way i think i probably said i could not care less but which is (laughs) true but I'm, i'm glad that people are excited i'm sure there are a lot of shows that i look forward to that people say the same thing so and that's the great thing about genre tv these days we're in this renaissance and mega renaissance that there's just so much great stuff out there so anyway all you picard fans good for you so (laughs) all right now the last thing fred brings up and we haven't solidified anything yet Uh, he mentions uh, what we're going to do after we finish season 1 of Impulse and and you know you and I have talked a little bit and and certainly the possibility that we'll just continue with season 2 exists i mean uh, we're figuring dark is going to probably come back mid to late june would be my guess so right. we'll let you guys know um yeah once you know, we know ourselves once we know ourselves he put the poll up um, you know, I think it's pretty, I think we've decided we're probably not going to do season two of the magicians and I think the other was the, uh, umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll see, we'll let you guys know. We, we, we've got a few things brewing that even if we do go to season two of impulse, there's maybe something will sneak in, in between, but like I said, we'll let you guys know. So, all right. Anything else uh, about what Fred had to say, or thoughts no. in general about life, the universe, and everything? <laughs>
1: no, I like that quote though. But, but no, it's good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought overall. I mean, as Fred said, there is a lot of action in this one, which was, it was you know, I am a big fan of, of the action. Um, you know, Danny Pudi, obviously, great. Uh, I, just, I see the, the just um, so much that was hidden before came out in this one that now I guess we're going to see, you know, now I guess the the, the big question, because actually that's the question, you know, that clay and Henry are asking is like, well now what, you know, like what, how, how do we deal with this? Right. Because there's a lot of stuff, even like Anna, you know, secret, you know, stalking of Bill and her secret investigation into basically nothing when you really think about it is that's out too now as as the DEA pointed out, chance for promotion now that the sheriff's dead, um, for Anna Holche. Um, so, you know, I, it's going to be wild this next episode to see, you know, how this shakes out now that, you know, Jeremiah just said he wanted the truth and we got, a lot of truth we got probably more truth did. than anyone wanted to have so now what do we do so uh are you thinking b plus or a minus yeah, i'm going a minus on this one okay. i think the 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 danny pooty upgrade uh gives it uh, puts it in the a minus range so okay all
0: right sounds good
1: you really uh, hope- he was so great in community i just gotta say again that show was probably one of the funniest shows I've I've ever seen and I, don't know, I mean the office was pretty good too and everything but community was just brilliant so I don't know all right
0: okay sorry all right well we'll go ahead and leave it there that will do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch want to thank you guys for joining us love to hear what you think about impulse anything else going on in genre tv encourage you to join the facebook group share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community and if you're already a member you can bring other people into the group emails go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com voicemails can be left using the speak pipe tab on the website or just record your own and send us the attachment we'll be back next week to discuss impulse season 1 finale episode 10 titled new beginnings but until then
1: you know uh, my wife and I actually went to a holiday party about a month ago yeah it was like I don't know at first it wasn't really great you know she was started to talk about leaving i'm like we're not doing anything until we see the cash and drugs